Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Fish Bites, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson coming to you live from Philadelphia as the Marlins head into the final days of their first road trip of the season. Uh, just going to be a quick top of the episode for me this week before I hand most of the time for this episode over to a couple player interviews I did over the past few days. But obviously, you need to address where things stand. The team obviously is not off to the start we wanted. They're four and seven at the time of this recording. I'm doing this Monday night. They dropped two of three against the Mets over the weekend and got blown out by the Phillies on Monday. 15 to three loss. Featured one of those rare clunkers from Sandy Alcantara. Nine earned runs allowed on 10 hits over four plus innings. It really unraveled for him in the third. Uh, gave up a leadoff home run to Jake Cave. Got two quick outs and then six consecutive base runners got on for Philly with two outs. Four of those six ended up scoring. Alcantara had a pretty quick fourth inning and then gave up four consecutive singles to lead off the fifth and got taken out at that point. Nine earned runs, three more than any of his outings last year during his Cy Young season, second most he's ever allowed in a start in his career. The only time he allowed more was when he gave up 10 runs over three and two-thirds in that start against Colorado in Coors Field back in 2021. 10 hits he gave up were second most of his career as well. Gave up 11 also to the Phillies back in 2019. And it was just one of those outings where after the third inning, you knew it was done. They've had a few of these already this year. I think that was their third blowout loss. Blowout loss being defined as being losing by at least five runs. And it's been an unfortunate start. Again, four and seven, uh, two and five against the Mets. 2-1 and one against the Minnesota Twins, and then 0-1 to start his three-game set against Philly. But with that, just a question that obviously is the way to address it. How soon is too soon to start making judgment calls about the state of the season? First year under Skip Schumacher, the team says they're in win-now win mode. And 11 games in, you're not seeing the wins, but you also have to remember it's a 162-game season. There's 151 games left. And when you look around the league, there are a lot of those top teams that are sort of in the same spot as the Marlins, not necessarily in terms of the performance, but in the win-loss record. Houston's 5-6. and six. The Phillies, after beating the Marlins, they're only at 4-6. and six. Those were the two World Series teams last year. The Cardinals, who made the playoffs and are supposed to be a contender for the NL Central, 3-7. and seven. The Dodgers entered the week at 5-5. Five and five. Does that alleviate Miami of its poor start? Absolutely not. But does it also mean that the season should be abandoned already just because they're not coming off the gate hot? Also, absolutely not. That said, there are a few things the team needs to needs to fix and ideally get it sooner than later. I'll get to the offense in a minute. That's obviously a big thing. But starting pitching, it's supposed to be their backbone. It's supposed to be what carries this team. And as a whole, the Marlins rotation has not been as prototypical self two turns and one start into it. 
4.96 collective ERA for the Marlins starters after 11 games. Only 52 and two-thirds innings pitched by starters. That's an average of 4.79 innings per start. If you remove Alcantara's complete game against Minnesota, that brings it down to 4.37 innings per start over the other 10. Uh, Sandy, again, he had the great game against Minnesota, complete game. The other two have been shaky. Edward Cabrera's two starts. He's only lasted six and two-thirds innings. He's walked 13. Trevor Rogers had a couple rocky outings. Obviously, that fifth spot in the rotation is sort of in limbo after Johnny Cueto went on the IL after only pitching, in, pitching. I think it was an inning or so before getting taken out in his start against Minnesota. Uh, and then when you look at the offense, averaging fewer than three runs per game, there are 30 total runs over 11 games. And that's despite hitting a dozen home runs and averaging more than seven hits a game. They're at 82 hits over 11 games. And it's, again, they're not hitting with runners on base. They're getting guys on, but they're stranding them. And they're missing that big hit or two that's on a nightly basis. And it's just feels very similar to the performances of years past where they get the guys on, they have some opportunities, and then just lay it lay it to waste. If the Marlins are able to resolve both of those big issues, it could help spark a run. How much time should the team be given to remedy those issues? That's obviously on a case-by-case, person-by-person basis. For me, I'm going to start making true evaluations and true judgments on this team. I'm going to wait till the end of the month. I'm going to wait until the end of April, get into May. That gives the Marlins another 18 games, basically a 30-game sample size. And it gives you a chance to see what they look like against a variety of teams. Again, seven of their 11 games come against the Mets. After this rest of the sample size, the rest of this month includes the rest of the series against Philly, home games against Arizona, San Francisco, and Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, and road games against Cleveland and Atlanta. Gives you a pretty widespread look at different teams, see how they look against those, against those teams. And again, 30 games start, you start to have more of a glimpse of what this team looks like. And at that point is when we can really start hammering down on what, what problems are, could potentially be long-term, what solutions they end up finding if they find them. Uh, That's where I'm at there. And with that said, uh, let's hear from a couple of players. I've been trying to get more interviews on the podcast on a weekly basis. And, most of the time, I'm going to try to do one-on-one. Sometimes I'll have scrum interviews, sort of like what we did with Pablo Lopez last on the last episode. Uh, the first interview for this week, Jesus Lazardo. I got the chance to talk with him over the weekend in New York. He's been one of the few bright spots for the Marlins early this season. He's been great over both of his starts. Only he's given up one run over 12 and two-thirds innings, 15 strikeouts against just five walks. And he's going. he starts Tuesday, the day this podcast goes out. And talk to him about a variety of different topics, just what how he's felt over these first couple starts of the season, his goals and what he would consider a successful year, uh, just bringing back up pitching for his hometown team and how Mar- the Marlins really shaped his baseball career growing up, uh, playing in the World Baseball Classic, playing with one of his idols in Miguel Cabrera while, while pitching for Venezuela, and the importance of family and how much that has kept him grounded and also helped him during the early portions of his career. So with that, here is Jesus Lazardo. 
Well, I guess to start off a two starts in, obviously some really good results. What what would you attribute to a hot start for you so far? What do you think has been has been working best for you? I just feel like um, just kind of taking the same mentality that I took from last year when I came back off that injury um, and just kind of filling up the zone and, um, you know, let myself play in the zone. I feel like uh, when I start, you know, getting into the walks and, and kind of running away from guys is when I get in trouble. Yeah, and uh, for you, uh, with, again, stepping into number two spot, you, you and Sandy making that one-two punch in the top, what does that mean to you being one of the top guys in the rotation for your hometown team and – yeah. being able to get get to that spot in your career yeah i mean like i, I said it before i think i'm just one of five um i don't really view myself as you know number two out of the five i think um all five starters and i mean every guy in the bullpen just wants to go out there and get outs and i think we all have the same job and you know that's to keep the team in the game so um i don't really view it as you know um a certain spot in the rotation but i mean i'm definitely feel honored you know to be a part of this team and, and to be a part of the rotation for a team that i rooted for since i was young and with that uh wanted to dive into your background a little bit uh no moved here when you were you're young when did marlin's fandom start for you i mean basically when we when we moved here um i mean we moved here when i was so it was probably like 99 or 2000 um and then i mean ever since then my dad i mean my dad loved baseball so when he was he became a fan of the marlins i became a fan of the marlins and then uh so ever since i was young i mean and I, I was at that 03 world series so um yeah it's been going on since i was really young yeah with that 03 what's what's the biggest memory from then that's that stood out to you <laughs> uh i mean i went to the game uh sitting in the nosebleeds at 03 world series game against the yankees um Maggie threw a ball to my grandpa that my grandpa kept for his whole life. Uh, and I remember, my, like, we were out in BP, and we had the Venezuelan flag, and Maggie threw it. My grandpa, you know, snagged it. So I think that's a memory I'll always keep. Yeah, and with Maggie, got a chance to play with him in, in the WBC. What did that moment mean to you to be able to? Sort of a full circle moment early in your career, but obviously at the end of Maggie's historic career yeah i mean uh it was awesome and just being able to like get to meet him and like talk to him and uh you know you, you hear a lot of stories about him and how he's a good guy and all that but um it's different when you get to like share a clubhouse and share a dugout with them so uh i mean talk to him got a lot of you know, good talks with them but also just to see how good of a guy he is and a good teammate as well what's the biggest piece of advice or biggest part of the conversation that you'll take away from that experience uh Probably the biggest piece of advice he said, you know, uh, one pe the biggest piece of advice that he ever got is uh, you can't be scared in this game. If, you, if you're ever scared, that's how you fail. So um, whatever you do and whenever you go out there, you just can't be scared. And you talk about family, got to catch up with them during the WBC. Just how much their support your parents and grandparents, how much did their support help you as you started your career and obviously as it continues into your big league career? Yeah, I mean, it's huge um, for me just to have, like, a backbone like that. Um, good or bad outings, you know, worst times of my career and um, probably some of the best times. Uh, you know, they're always there, the same support, so uh, it's good to have a good support system at all times. Yeah, and I know in, during the WBC, you mentioned your posting presser about grandfather passing. Just you tell me a little bit about him, what he meant to you, and just your guys the relationship the two of you had yeah i mean uh we were real close he was uh my, my mom's dad uh passed away last year uh towards the end of the year of uh, the season but um he's just the biggest baseball fan that's kind of what made me love baseball and uh he's the reason i signed with um el Sulia over in venezuela that was his team over there and uh he's a big probably the biggest marlins fan i ever knew 
um, ever, cause ever since we moved here, he became Marlins fan because of all the Venezuelans that they had. They had Anibal Sanchez, uh, Miggy, and all them. So, um, yeah, we just shared a love for baseball, and, and uh, that was our biggest thing. We bonded over, and he always wanted me to play for Venezuela uh, growing up. So uh, I'm glad that I was able to do that for him. And, and play, pitched really well in that game, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I'm sure he would have been happy, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Away from in the big leagues in your baseball clinic, you guys, you've done, I think it's three years now? Uh, we've had uh, three so far, yeah. yeah. So how did that originate, and just how does it feel to be able to have that platform to be able to give back and help with the next generation of baseball? Yeah, I mean, um, it originated, I think uh, me and Colton just talked about it one day. We just want to be able to give back and um, to a community that we both grew up in. And uh, cause I, I mean, we both were known each other since we were about eight. And, uh, you know, live in the same town since we were that old. But uh, baseball was always, like, a big part of our lives. So, um, and I knew, like, the talent that there is down in South Florida and uh, especially in, like, you know, Broward County. So um, just being able to get out there with those kids and bring kids from, bring guys that have come from the same area. You know, you have LB, um, Tukey, India. You know, you have, I mean, countless numbers of guys that all grew up in the same area and ended up, you know, succeeding in playing professional baseball. Uh, kind of just given the chance to show these kids that, you know, everyone can do it. Did you go to any any of those type of clinics growing up? Uh, I remember going to a Marlins clinic when Juan Pierre was teaching people how to steal bases. Um, that was like a big one for me. Uh, I remember another one uh, over in Highlands, Christian. Uh, Mike Fires was talking uh, about pitching. I was in, I was probably like 13 at the time. Uh, but I mean, I went to countless clinics. My parents put me in probably every clinic there was in South Florida when when I was young. Yeah. And then lastly, just big picture with this season. Obviously, we talk about the start early, but what would be a good season for Jesus Lazardo? Uh World Series ring, uh, playoffs. I mean, I really couldn't care less about my numbers. It's more. I mean, I'm trying to. We're, I think everyone wants to win here. So, um, I mean, obviously, a full year of health. Uh, that's my biggest concern, um, but I don't worry myself as much with numbers. I mean, obviously, I hope to do well, and um, but but I feel like as long as I'm healthy and as long as the team's winning, I think you know it'll all fall in line. You think the team has the potential to make it there? I do think uh, the team has potential. I think we have a really good team. Um, you know, maybe we're off to a slow start. We're obviously facing some really good teams right now. So, um, but I, you know, I don't think anyone has uh, to stress out or anything. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's it's early season, and uh, I think everyone's going to get hot and everyone's going to get rolling at the right time, so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just want to thank Jesus for giving me the time. He's always been a class act and been great to watch him. It was great to watch him with that breakout season last year, especially after the struggles after the trade when the Marlins got him for Starling Marte in 2021. Uh, We knew the struggles were going to be there. He really bounced back, and now it's good to see him picking back up where he left off. Let's see if he's able to continue that. And then the second interview is another one of those group interviews. On Monday, prior to the Marlins series opener against Philadelphia Phillies, 
had a chance to talk with third baseman Gene Segura, spent the last four years in Philadelphia, and last year was a year that he called special. Uh, after 11 years in the big leagues, last year was the first time he got to experience postseason baseball. And not just postseason baseball, he was able to be part of that Philly run that went all the way to the World Series. Uh, they lost in six games to Houston, but he had that chance to really understand and experience what postseason baseball is like. Uh, he was also presented with his ring from the Phillies for winning the NL pennant. The Phillies did their whole celebration over the weekend, and they waited to give him his ring when he was here. So here is that group interview with Gene Segura. Gene, just what's it like showing up here today and just spending the last four years here in Philadelphia? I mean, it's, it's amazing to come here. You know, I spent the last four years in Philadelphia. Um, the awesome run that we have last year, um, they basically uh, make uh, my dream come true, getting to, to a World Series and, uh, you know, those type of emotion that we um, uh Living in a postseason run is just something that I'm never going to forget. What's that uh, going to be like tonight when they present you with your NL ring on the field? I mean, I feel nervous already. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, man. I saw it. Um, I saw it on the social media. It's a huge ring. It's a beautiful ring. Um, you know, just hard work, dedication. You know, last year was an um, awesome job. Um, you know, couple injuries during the season, but we'll stay together and, um, you know, battle through, get to the postseason and go into the World Series. And uh, just, just something I'm going to forget, man, just the fans, the armor field, I feel uh, in the postseason run, that's just something that I'm going to stay uh, with me in my whole life. What do you miss most about being over on the side step? I mean, I miss my friends. I miss my teammates. I spent time the last four years. Um, just you know the, the fans, um, just they let you know uh, when you need to get better, and uh, they let you know um, you're doing good too. So that's that's a big part uh, to be uh, uh, here in uh, Philadelphia fans. Like they get on you the right way, but they also let you know when you need to get better in the field. So that's why they coach you a lot. Who are you most looking forward to seeing on seeing over there? Uh, I mean, I really get a lot of support um, during my my time here in Philadelphia, and uh, I know when when, when fans uh, from Philadelphia uh, picking on you, uh, they stay with you your whole life. So um, you know, from bottom of my heart, I just all love for Philadelphia fans. Even if I'm now with Miami, and now my job is you know to support my my team here in Miami. But now. You know, I'm here. I'm gonna receive my ring today, and uh, it's just amazing. I'm just I'm happy to be here and happy um, to be in that spot last year. Were you disappointed that it didn't work out for you to come back to the Phillies? No, I don't really disappointed. I know um, I got the feeling that I was not coming back. Uh, you know, everybody was coming. Um, they're gonna go uh, to sign a short term in the market, and uh, you know, basically. Um, it was kind of like, you know, my last year because I, I got that type of feeling and uh, the ocean, um, it was kind of high and uh, 
you know, it is what it is. As a business, it's size first, and uh, I understand. But at the end of the day, I just uh, I do uh, whatever is best for me and my family, and uh, I just thankful also for all those memories. Well, knowing that it, that it might have been your last year, how much more special did that make what you guys were able to do, knowing that that was your last season here? made huge because I, I, I spent 11 years in the majors and I never got to the playoff and uh, I mean I just thank God to give me the, the opportunity to get to my first full season and straight to the World Series and uh, um, I feel we, we got a lot, like, a lot of shots to win on the World Series I mean just winning the, uh, the lead 2-1 um, come to Philadelphia and uh, it's just sometimes the baseball uh, with the momentum, it's not going to your size. It's, it's tough to win a baseball game. I feel like uh, the last three games, our momentum was not to our size. And, uh, you know, we ended up losing the World Series. But um, baseball is, is, again, an opportunity. So when you miss your opportunities uh, to be the opponent, uh, it's going to be tough to win some baseball game. How much did you feel for Reese when you saw him go down at spring training? Oh, man, I sent him, I sent him a test. Um, you know, Reese is, you know, one of my best teammates that I had. Um, when I was out there, man, just this guy is he's a grinder. You guys just support you and, and each in different ways. It's, I feel so sorry for him. And, you know, miss um, season like that and a spring training game. Like, you never want to see any guys get hurt like that. I mean, I hope uh, Reese um, recovers so fast. And uh, I know this is a free agent year. And, uh, you know, best to love him. And I, I think Reese um, deserves all the love and all the support right now. And uh, I just meet a different team, but I still uh, the same type of love for him. Have you had a chance to see the playoff games this offseason? Of course, yeah. I'm watching it all the time. Uh, just some great moments. I mean, great plays, clutch hits. Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna type those videos in one book just to have it with me in my house and and, and who knows maybe it's gonna be my only playoff round or maybe you know uh, my last experience playing the World Series. I just um, last year was something special. I think just more the the ability to play the game for everybody in the team just. I just the, the goodbyes, you know, the goodbyes, the guys um, cheering on the shoulders. Like we believe in every guy that step on the plate, they're gonna do some uh, the job done, and uh, to be able to be there, like I'm enjoying evening. I'm not doing good in any, in any baseball game or whatever. I'm there, like when Bryce hit the home run to the left, I would jump off the rail and, and celebrate it like I was me. So. I just the way the way uh, I feel uh, uh, those games and those type of moments and that's that's just something that I basically should look on and, and you know when you get to the playoff it's zero zero and, and nobody cares for you off for twenty off for thirty people cares about how you um, take care of your teammates how you go about uh, your business in the right way and support uh, the guys that's out there every day so for me. You know, so you know what? It's, it's my first time in the postseason, but I'm going to enjoy it. So that's basically it. Enjoy it. You were talking about your admiration for the fans. It felt like by the end you won them over. You know, there was the unfortunate thing with, with Andrew in your first season. And it felt like by the end you won your fan, the fans over. What do you think was the turning point for that? I mean, it is what it is. Um, I make a mistake. Um, 
my first year in, uh, here in Fluff in 2019, uh, fly out uh, the second base. Uh, you know, I felt uh, in the baddest ball, I forget running. Uh, but, you know, you don't want your teammates uh, to go off the injury like that, you know. Uh, I feel so sorry for Kosh that happened, and I apologize to him for the teammates in 19, but, you know, so it's hard. How many people you see running down the first will fly out the second? It's not many. You know, I just unlucky. The Kingsley was there play uh, second base, a veteran guy. I don't know, you know, play that type of situation, let it drop. And then Andrew uh, gained to the rundown and something happens. And I'm basically, yes, I'm, re- I'm receiving a lot of comments, a lot of DM in my Instagram. Like, you should run it, you play off of the run team. And, uh, you know, a bunch of crap. But it is what it is. Uh, you have to receive it because you make a mistake. And uh, in this game, is. You make a mistake, you learn, you learn from it, and then moving forward, and that's sort of basically it. You know, it kind of affected me a little bit down the stretch, but at the end of the day, I learned from it because after that, I just, you know what, I'm playing for Philadelphia, I'm playing the series that, you know, everybody look at those little details, and, uh, you know, after that, I just like, get off and uh, continue to play my game, and uh, have success. Gene, you mentioned when we talked with you after you signed that your goal is to get the Marlins to the playoffs now that you're here. what Do you see any similarities between this team and the team you were on last year that made the run to the World Series? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Our preaching staff is great, one of the best in the game. Uh, I think uh, a few offensive sides get together. Like, we got here, it has some power, uh, ability to put the ball in play, uh, guys that have some power. Uh, we're going to surprise a lot of teams. If we continue to play, um, you know, great game, great pitching, um, you know, trust strike. Um, I mean, why not? Why not us? Uh, we are a major league uh, baseball player for a reason. So um, we're here uh, to compete at any level. It doesn't matter how team we're facing. And uh, that's my goal here. My goal is, is you know, uh, to do uh, my job and uh, also uh, get this team to the postseason and why not to, to the World Series. I mean, last year uh, we were on the dock in every uh, series and we ended playing to the World Series. So, uh, baseball, you never know what's going to happen. So, as soon as you head to the playoff, it's back to zero. So, uh, whoever can win at any any team in a, in a short time. So, for me, just another another year, and I, and I hope, you know, uh, we play great baseball, and uh, we'll see. This year is, uh, and now you got a chance to get to the uh, second uh, work hard, and uh, why not? What, what type of ovation do you think you're going to get tonight? What are you hoping for? Uh, you know, I've been, I'm receiving a lot of love uh, through my social media, and, uh, I mean, it feels great. It feels great uh, knowing the people um, who are you spend uh, most of the time in a big league. Uh, give you some love, you know, send you some tags or, or comment and, uh, and you're posting. And uh, I mean, if we're receiving some love or not, um, I, I feel love for them, you know. I feel love for them from the bottom of my heart. And uh, uh, today is, is, is not. Gonna, you know, eliminate all those 
great moment, all those great memories that I have here in Philadelphia. Is it going to be hard at all for you to go from receiving the ring and you're here today, obviously, but it's part of the visiting clubhouse and then have to go out there and play a baseball game against each other? Uh, it kind of a little weird today when I woke up to the tunnel. <laughs> Going to the visitor side, you know, my last four years I was playing here. Um, the last time I was in the visitor side was in 2018. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, uh, especially after you spend four years uh, getting get to the same entries uh, in every single day. And uh, like you mentioned, today I'm going to receive more info for the owner. And um, I just, I'm just nervous and emotioning um, come through already, and uh, I just um, feeling great and feel happiness, you know. Um, just basically, all I have to say is thank you. And now to quickly wrap up this week's episode, uh, gonna go into our weekly minor league segment. Triple A Jacksonville's about ten games, ten uh, eight or nine games in now. The other three affiliates started either Thursday or Friday of last week. So they're very small sample sizes, three games or four games, depending on the team. But just here are the quick highlights. I'm going to go level by level. Triple-A, uh, Peyton Burdick, he's on fire to start the year. Four home runs, three doubles, 10 RBI, eight runs scored. Uh, C.J. Hinojosa, one of the guys who the Marlins signed to a minor league deal over the offseason. He's hitting 429, five extra base hits, nine RBI. And Jake Mangum, who was the player to be named later in the Eliezer Hernandez-Jeff Brigham trade with the Mets, he's hitting 438. He scored a couple big runs. He was the run that scored on sack flies both in the first week to give the the Jumbo Shrimp their first win and also for one of their walk-off wins last week. So three, three guys who are really off the strong starts of the plate. Double A. Offensively, Paul McIntosh had the big hit of the, the week. He had a grand slam. He's hitting 364 through three games. But really, in double A, the focus is on the pitchers. The Marlins have three of their top starting pitching prospects in double A. Yuri Perez, Dax Fulton, and Patrick Monteverde. Uh, Yuri Perez, top prospect for the Marlins, number 11 in all of baseball, according to MLB Pipeline. He went four-plus innings, got into the fifth, but didn't get any outs in the fifth. Three, uh, charged with three runs, only one of them earned, struck out five. First four innings were stellar, didn't give up anything, then gave up a leadoff home run in the fifth, and then left with the bases loaded in the fifth inning. Two of those runs ultimately scored. Dax Fulton, four and one, four in the third innings, two hits, two runs, only one of them earned, six strikeouts. And Montverde showed them all up. Six shutout innings, 11 strikeouts, really good to see him making these progression, obviously, Yuri and Dax and Max Meyer, once he comes back from Tommy John, and Jake Eater, once he comes back from his foot injury, they're the names that everyone's going to be focusing on, but Pat Monverde is sort of the top guy for that next wave of top pitching prospects. So it's good to see that secondary tier of starting pitching prospects stepping up early. It's one start, but he had a pretty good finish the last year as well. So it's, let's see what happens with him. Uh, high A, Beloit, uh, Khalil Watson, three for seven with a home run and three runs scored. Again, three games, so really small sample size. So I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to be focusing on a lot of these guys, but Khalil getting, having a 429 average over the first weekend was definitely good to see. And in single A Jupiter, Jacob Miller, another one of those young guys, he was the 
Marlins' uh, second pick in the draft last year. Five shutout innings with three strikeouts for single-A Jupiter in his first start of the year. Another good first step. He's one part of the Marlins' top 10 prospects. So good start for him out in Jupiter, which is always which is always a tough ballpark to be playing in. So that's going to do it for the minor league report, and that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much, as always, for listening in, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks so much.